Well, hello, everybody. We're hello, back. Hello, my brothers. Howdy. Episode 53. Howdy. Oh, man. 53. Last week was great. Yeah. Yeah. It wasn't last week was amazing. amazing. Last so week was amazing. This is really good. We should do that again. Um, <laughs> we should. We should do that again. We Personally, and, and I, I just, understand. I would like to. I would, I would like, like to, to. to. I would like to as well. I would this is like an invitation. To. Yeah. Um, this is an so, invitation. <laughs> yeah. Hey, we're um, we're excited for today's um, broadcast, podcast, whatever you want to call it. Um, we are within the week, fully caught up, and then uh, from here on out, you'll get the live streams um, on the podcast uh, the same week um, that they go live. So if you're not caught up yet on the podcast, get caught up. Otherwise you could just, uh, click the, you know, when you subscribe on your podcast app, it'll just tell you whenever the next one's up and you can listen. If you're not able to catch us live and you prefer to listen, uh, then that is available. And of course, insightnow.co, you can get all the links to all our podcast platforms. So, so good. There's the mini pitch as we get started this morning or this afternoon morning for Mark. So, Mm -hmm. How you doing, Mark? I'm doing pretty good. Um, you know, like like everybody else. Um, you know, still a little bit restricted on certain things, particularly like flying and all that sort of mm-hmm. stuff. But, you know, it seems to still be a pretty good season. Um, you know, it's it's uh, looking at different perspectives on, on things and, um, you know, trying to understand why... Um, you know, some of the things that are happening and um, that right. is taking it, you know, that mm-hmm. is on. And it's, 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 uh, I think it's just um, one re- reminding me, you know, I, I was reading this morning about, uh, again, from Romans 8, about comparison, you know, mm. um, you know, sort of comparing, because it, you know, comparison is allowed, right? It just mm-hmm. depends what you're comparing with what. Mm. You know, because in Romans 8, 18, it talks about, you know, I'm convinced that the suffering, the things that are going on at the moment when compared with the, um, what is it, the magnitude of glory that's that that's coming, mm. it just pales into insignificance. Like it's nothing love it. in comparison. So good, Mark. Um, and so, you know, I, I think that we, we have to be careful what we're comparing what. Yeah, you know, that's good. Like if you if you compare an apple with an orange, they're both fruit, but like they're just so different, you know. And yeah. And and when we try and compare ourselves with other people, Paul said you're foolish if you're trying to compare mm. yourself with that person because it's like comparing an apple with an orange. Mm-hmm. And and we, what we're supposed to do is compare ourselves to Jesus, compare ourselves to to you know the nature of God. You know how are we doing on that? You know mm. this is what heaven has said about my life you know where am i up to on that you know what what does that look like because it never will come and it it never will and and there's something wrong if it does come with condemnation Mm -hmm. because it's clear that there's now no condemnation for us that are in christ jesus so you'll never be condemned by the holy spirit you'll never be condemned by jesus you'll never be condemned by the father and uh i think that's a really important thing um to understand but I, i i wonder chris whether we should um, have Peter share some of the sorts of things that he was 
<laughs> Sharing pride of this call. Do you think perhaps, we should do that? Perhaps I should. Uh, so, Peter, this is uh, this is an invitation because we would like for you to share something. Yeah, this is an invitation. <laughs> I, I was just for those, joking. For those for those for those listening, we're we're toying with this word, and I'll give a little backstory here, and the guys can jump in with it. But probably about June this last year, I was ministering to someone, and I know you guys have experienced the same thing. Sometimes the Holy Spirit's so so gracious. He always is, but so gracious when you minister and, and something just comes alive, revelation-wise. Yeah. You're like, oh, that's what they need. And uh -huh. I was ministering to this person, and I felt I felt the authority of God to say this. I said, you no longer have any authority to use the word should in your thinking or in your speech unless God gives you direct permission to use it. Mm. Wow. Mm. That's and, a healthy boundary. And... And it was, and I, and it really, I was giving this as an invitation, but I knew they needed to hear it so strong uh -huh. to, mm -hmm. to shake, you know, the way, because it was such a, a perpetual sort of thought process or an, a common thought mm -hmm. process, maybe that I just said it really strong. And I said, you no longer have any authority to use the word should in your thought process or in your speech unless God gives you direct permission, because God can override that <laughs> however he wants to, right? Right. But, but what we started to notice in following up with this person is they were having dramatic breakthrough in their walk as they started to step out of expectations and into um, a place of being able to have a deeper relationship with God and these different things. So and, good. and what we started to discover was this as well, is that should relate strongly to the spirit of religion. And in other mm -hmm. words, I almost feel as though, and I've come to believe that should is perhaps one of the favorite words of the spirit of religion. And I started to also think about the New Testament and really kind of play this out. Like, you know, and I, I could not for the life of me think how I would possibly make a New Testament doctrine of should. Like I could make a New Testament doctrine of grace, I can make a New Testament doctrine of the fear of the Lord. In other words, the scriptures are all there. I could make a New mm -hmm. Testament um, doctrine of generosity, of forgiveness, of healing, of prophecy. I don't think I could make a New Testament doctrine of should. In fact, I think half of the book of Galatians or more would probably be directly opposed to it. And, and what I also started to realize is that should is the fruit of the church having bypassed the will. Okay. And so when we, when we teach people beyond their will, so our souls are our mind, will, and emotions. If we're a believer, we've been born again. We've been perfected forever in Christ Jesus. Second Corinthians five says all things have been made new. Now all things are from God. Right. And then it says that he became sin who knew no sin, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. Our spirit is incorruptible. It's sealed for the day of redemption. Yes. We're perfect yes. inside in the spirit, but our soul we know needs, needs, transformed it needs renewed um, and our soul is our mind will and emotions so hebrews 10 14 says we've been perfected forever and we're being sanctified so mm -hmm. we know our spirit is perfected but our soul needs sanctified mind will and emotions and everybody when i the, the classic scripture to me for our soul being sanctified is romans 12 2 which yes. says be transformed by the renewing of your mind and that does transform us and we will be taught about how it goes from a caterpillar to a butterfly and 
and thinking new thoughts and the power of power of a, a transformed mind or the power of a supernatural mind, whatever. Um, and all of that's brilliant and it's a hundred percent true, but we do have a will. And the difficulty with a will is you can't teach a surrendered will. Because if I tell you what you should do, in fact, the only way I can teach a surrendered will is to tell you what you should do. But God works in us to will and to do. Philippians 2.12 says, it says God works in us to will and to do. And so what, what Danny Ortiz and I discovered studying the will out for this book we're working on is that the will is determined by presence. And so oftentimes what happens is the church inadvertently by teaching, 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 and teaching, and teaching, and teaching, and teaching, with people that their will, in other words, their, their relationship, their relationship with the God's presence hasn't caught up with the teachings. Now people don't have a relationship with God commensurate with what they've been taught. So now they've got a list of shoulds that's coming from someone with a deeper relationship or deeper revelation of God. And they try to walk those out, out of what should be done instead of out of the natural desire that comes from relationship. Yeah, they have a relationship with teaching. There it is. Yes. You know, not that they've got a relationship with God. They've got a relationship with the teaching, you know, um, this, or they've got this, this much relationship with God in the teachings this that's much. What I so meant. they, yeah, yeah exactly. I, I so now they negate that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, you know, I had a great conversation with someone today and, and we talked a lot about the fruit of repentance, right? Like, cause when you repent of something, um, you actually become something different. You exchange mm. the, the old and you receive the new, right? This is that great, beautiful, the great exchange that we have with God. And the key is repentance, right? But mm -hmm. when you teach repentance is going and doing something different instead of becoming something. Um, now, now, you know, that puts you into the world of should, even from the very opening, opening salvo in your walk with Jesus becomes about yeah. should instead yeah. of becoming. You know, and mm. so, you know, I think that that's a huge, a huge part of what you're talking so, about. So I, I think um, when you look at the, the dictionary definition of should, some of the things there are must or ought or used to indicate a duty. Um, you know, this is what you should do uh, would be a classic, you know, part of, of that. Um, and, you know, I, I think that uh it would seem to me that we have a propensity as as humans because we're finite thinkers to mm -hmm. think more formularized or more within this boundary here of what we can understand or what we can contain um and so that therefore um we 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 much more like the list of things or this is how you connect with God. Let's take, for instance, reading the Bible. Mm -hmm. You know, so let's yeah. say, well, um, we've got a plan. And so, therefore, you work through this and you read these scriptures and you read these things. And there are things like um, such a thing as soap, you know, the scripture, observation, application, because that's work for somebody. So let's just have everybody do that because mm -hmm. it's work for this one person. Uh, I've often struggled with that because I don't usually get my revelation from, please don't stone me, I don't get it from the word, I, I, I get it going to the word, you know, so like I'll hear a word or I'll hear a concept or something and then I'll go and find where it fits within the written word. 
I'll yep. go and find, yep. you know, where God displays it and, how, you know, where that works, yep. if, if that is the case. Um, and so, you know, I, I'm, I'm going from some revelation to the word to see where it's, where it's illustrated, where it's worked out, yep. what are the principles that are contained in it. But my wife, for instance, gets it from reading and it's the, it's the other way. Yeah. So if we if we use should to in in effect make people conform to the mm -hmm. ways that we do things or the way that mm -hmm. work for us or the way that worked for 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 Wilberforce or worked for Smith mm -hmm. Wigglesworth or worked for somebody else, um, that's the difficulty that I think that we don't deal with um, again what my wife talks about bio individuality. Mm, so it's so like we understand that we're all individuals, not individualistic, but we are individuals who are unique, that God has created us to operate in a particular place. So that when we enforce upon people so that you should do this rather than this work for me, um, I don't know, maybe it might work for you. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and, and so when we look at every single thing that God even some of the sorts of things that we could possibly attach should to, every single thing that God has said has always come relational, always come out of community, and always got to come out of an invitation. You know, sometimes there may not be really any alternative, but it's still an invitation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, you, you, you may not really have choice, but you do have choice. Mm -hmm. You know, so every mm -hmm. single thing that God has said has always come out invitationally. That's what the prophetic is about. The prophetic is not a this thus saith the Lord, this is how it's going to be. I don't care what you think, it's gonna be this. This is what's gonna happen. Um and, and I think that that's actually quite a wrong way, because I think mm -hmm. it, it's it's yeah. always always about this is what my intention is. This is what I would love you to partner with me on so that we can see this happen. Mark, that's I I just want to highlight what you're saying. That is so significant. That application, you know, you you've highlighted the application to how we read the word and how we maybe yeah. teach other people to read the word. Um, but then also to the to to how we've processed the prophetic. That's so significant what you just said about how we've processed the prophetic because I've been learning sometimes I have to talk people off of their prophetic words a little bit and say, listen, I know you've heard this three or four times. Yeah. And there's a good chance it might be God. But I'm not trying to convince you that yeah. this is the route that you should go. And I would propose to you that God's not even trying to convince you that this is the route that you should go. I would say that God's mm -hmm. inviting you to explore this with him. And a lot of times people will struggle with the prophetic word because they feel like I heard it. It's just got to be what it is. And yet our savior had two jobs when he came to earth Two, one was to demonstrate the father. And the second mm -hmm. was to be our substitute on the cross. And right before he gets to the second one of his two major jobs, he's saying, God, is there another way? Father, I would just like to know if we could just skip this part of it, like just any other way that this part could happen. And he, perfect, he's our savior. And he had to battle that out with his will, with his father, 
He knew the scriptures. He knew that he would die. He knew Isaiah 53, right? He knew these things. He knew them. He had, I'm sure he knew what it was going to look like. And yet he's still having to actually go through the process of surrendering his will. And I think with not only teaching, but also with the prophetic, somehow we've coached people past the process of surrendering his will. And it's like, just because we can see the prophetic word doesn't mean we'll partake of it. We have to go through the process of surrender, which is a relational process with God. And that's mm. a beautiful thing that he's inviting us into. And we need to be careful that we don't. And I think that sometimes what happens is then we, the, Mark, you said something, I think, before the call. Sometimes should also then relates to not being able to take responsibility. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if you have more to say on that, but I think that 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 becomes sort of like this wicked stepchild of on one hand, I feel like I'm shoulded into everything. And on Uh the other hand, therefore, I struggle to take responsibility. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I I think um, probably underlyingly, underlying um, the people who value should and value being told to do something and this is and and therefore they'll communicate that are are really if you, if they were to examine it and you know I, i'm i'm not i'm trying to be as compassionate as i possibly can i know um, your heart is real sweet in this and it's only to be helpful uh, to even highlight any of but this. but a, a lot of people hide behind not taking responsibility because mm-hmm. If I if I can I can just say well I was told I had to do this and this is what I do you know worse and it still didn't work and so it's not my fault it's it's not my responsibility because I did what I said you know it's like I I I tied ten percent and I did it because I was told I had to do it and yet the floodgates of heaven didn't open up well why didn't they open up why did not it's probably because it didn't come out of a place of this is what I want to do, but oh, this wow. is what I have to do. Not this is what I faith. have to do. Not mixed with faith. So it wasn't mixed. Wasn't mixed with faith. It became a formula. It became. Mm. A, I'm going to put my money in the Coca-Cola machine, and uh, after the money's in there, I'm going to get my Coke out. It's wow. the same like people. People who come to me and say, oh, the Lord's told me that you've got a word for me. It's like, well, it would have been good for God to tell me. But, you know, behind some of that, if we want to get to it, is control manipulation. Behold, mm-hmm. it is behind it is not taking responsibility. That mm, wow. All of those three things are not relational things. They are not relational mm. things. They are religious. They are mm. a part of religion. Religion requires those sorts of things. Um, and so what we keep talking about is it's a relational context. Every single thing that when we talk about um, accountability has to be relational. When we talk yes. about submission has to be relational. When we talk about even using an older word like covering, that has to come out of relationship. Mm-hmm. So good. Right. Um, mm-hmm. And so what we're talking about today should should doesn't really exist in relationship. Hmm. I mean, we joked about you should do this or you should do that or whatever <laughs> else it is. But when you think about it, when you say should, <clears throat> I'm actually saying this is the behavior that you need to step into and I'm going to try and get you to step into that because that's what I want you to do, which is control. Yep. Yes. 
<clears throat> so anyway. And, a, and what's interesting, Mark, and let me just say this, sometimes we can love someone so much that we're afraid of the potential results for them about some course mm -hmm. of action. And then our mm -hmm. love coupled with fear now exists mm -hmm. or ex exerts control in the form of should. Mm -hmm. And what's interesting, yes. we, you know, we, I know we all have been impacted by this teaching, but I love that, that Dave Crone talks about leadership is either driven by fear or hope. And I think mm -hmm. that what this challenge, you know, you, you guys have been talking about hope lots, even last yeah. week, we talked about yeah. hope lots. Yeah. And yeah. I think that sometimes, yeah. you know, when, when I'm in the should mode in a relationship, I have to ask mm -hmm. myself, is this coming out of this place of great hope that love mm -hmm. hopes yes. all things, right? Mm -hmm. Or is yes. this coming out of a place of fear? Because actually fear yeah. is not really relational. It has everything to do with trying to, to, to ex exert control on another person for how it might impact me. And it might be because they'll, mm -hmm. they'll mess up my thing if they do that wrong. Or it might just be because I don't want to be sorrowful seeing them not succeed. But regardless, it's still yeah. fear yeah. motivated. And that sort yes. of thing doesn't produce God's results. Yes. Yeah. That's, that's exactly it. And, and you know, I, we're not even, we're not just playing semantics here with the word. No. You know, it, uh -uh. it should. I, I think the concept no. behind it is that we want to, we want to step much more into a place where we are, uh, we are inviting people. We are giving people an opportunity, no matter what arena that we're coming from even you know even directive prophetic words um can be delivered in such a way that it's still an invitation yes you know it's still mm. in, in in a place yep. because we well, we, we want to set we of course we, we're always wanting to set people up for success not failure mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yep you know and yep. that and that's and, and sometimes we don't realize that what we're saying or what we're doing is really setting people up for a fall or for failure, you know, yeah. and not, not because we want to do that from a bad point. We're not, it's not, not at all. It's, it's like you were saying before, because such great love and concern for people, um, we are, we, we, we're doing things to try and stop them from making what we think is a bad decision or, Mm -hmm. going in a particular direction or whatever else it is. Mm. Yep. But it's still fear. Mm -hmm. And it, yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. and as yeah. you're talking, Mark, I literally remembered an interaction where I gave someone a word and it, it had this on it. Oh yeah. And, and it's like, uh, mm. you know, I probably need to follow up on that. And so I just want to communicate to anybody that's hearing this. I, I'm a few months in, to seeing that this has had a prevalent place in my vocabulary and my thinking. And this is a process and, you know, it's just a yeah. process. If this is striking someone's we, heart, just know it's a process to start to see yeah, these we, things and, and then we just let it go. And we want to make it very, very clear in any, we, we're not perfect in all of this. Mm -hmm. You know, this is, this is something that's involving to us and, and we do, we are not in any way, shape or form uh, communicating condemnation. What we're doing is that we're talking about something that we're discovering and that yeah. we want to step more into. And there's more understanding for us. Um, yes. And this is not a place of, of throwing the baby out with the bathwater either. You know, this is not like just chucking everything else. 
but it's like oh. please think about and please consider this concept of should you know um, because there there are there are things that we we probably would be a good idea for us to do but let's not let's not men let's not put them in a place where it becomes the only option but, but maybe that's a good word i don't know what are you going to say Perhaps, yeah i think um i think what we're talking about is um a real whole self-reliance on performing for god you know because the shoulds are actually it's about performance it's mm. about doing the things doing all the right things getting everything right um, and mm -hmm. you know, when we're stuck in the place of listening to all of the shoulds, then you actually, just like with your, the, uh, example you gave around giving and, and you could say about Bible study, or you could talk about a hundred different good things that God has mm -hmm. as, as intricate blessings for us. But when we perform mm -hmm. those out of duty, we're missing mm -hmm. the heart of the father when it becomes a should we're no longer like, I mean, Peter says, be holy, right? Mm -hmm. Because God is holy, like be mm -hmm. holy. So like that concept of be holy is not do more. It is not you should, you should, you should. It's literally a learning to become someone. It's becoming something. And, and the only way that we can become anything like Jesus is in this depth of relationship with Jesus. And Jesus mm -hmm. will tell you, I really think you should do this. Like you need to go do that. And Jesus will give us directive and he'll give us clarity on something. And yet when we turn that into performance, <coughs> to perform from God, we have to repent of that. Well, right. We've got. I, I even gotta, think. Uh, go ahead. No, I, I just following on from what you're saying too. I, I think that there's a mindset shift that needs to shift anyway. Like for instance, with um, with holiness. Let's just take that. Yeah. You know, like or there's so many things that we try to produce ourselves. That's right. That's it. Right. Yeah. Which, which is wrong. You yeah. have to actually learn, and this is why it's a big thing for God about receiving, because you have to, you know, the only way that you can be holy is to take the holiness, who who God is holy, right, which has been given to us because we've been a whole, we are holy people, a royal priesthood, all of those sorts mm -hmm. of things, and to use yeah. that in your life, it's like perseverance. If you're if you're just going to persevere and say, well, I've just got to. I've just got to grip my teeth and, and just do this. You know, yeah. that's your own ability. That's you just mm -hmm. trying harder. You have to, first of all, receive perseverance and endurance from God because he's the perfect one at doing that and saying, I'm, I'm, I'm grabbing hold of that. I'm pulling that yeah. into my life. I'm pulling that into me. I'm taking hold of it, and I'm going to use that to persevere with. Come on. And and so you know if you if you understand should have I've just got to grip my teeth. You, you're talking about your own performance is you know mm -hmm. again is what you're talking about. Well, and again, Peter, this gets back to that concept of the will, um, and when it is surrendered and it is given fully to the Lord, it's not an issue of should, it's a yeah. walk. Yeah. 
right? It, it's uh, it's like so the concept isn't whether or not you should. It's just becoming who you are. Yeah, and I think that should has a lot to do with someone telling you what you should do when you don't want to. Mm. And um, and how we've thought of obedience is we've thought of we haven't thought about obedience the way that Jesus dealt with it. So Jesus dealt with an issue of obedience. He did in the Garden of Gethsemane. He he wanted to be obedient to death. We know that he was. Philippians two says he became obedient unto death. Yep. But when he came to the Garden of Gethsemane, he was not ready to be obedient unto death yet. And so he had to sweat blood, cry out to his father, be strengthened by angels. And, and pray this prayer multiple times, three times, not my will, but yours be done. And as he prayed that in the presence of his father, it says, Philippians 2, God works in us to will and to do for his good pleasure. Mm -hmm. And so God's presence started to change Jesus's will, change his doing. And now the doing came out of a will that was surrendered to God, not out of sort of the will to measure up or the will to do all the things I should or those sorts of things. It came out of a place of relationship, like we've been saying, which is, I think, really what God's inviting us into. And a lot of times that's what should is stealing. Should stealing the natural relational process that God's wanting to invite each of his children into. And it's almost like he's like, please just let me claw past all of the should so that you could just come to me and have an honest conversation with me about where you're really at. And yes, like you guys are saying, God will speak some things and he will change what we will to do uh, when we're in his presence. But that's oftentimes, to be honest, why we don't want to come into his presence, because we have our own ideas about what we'd like to do. And if mm -hmm. I bring those things in, they mm -hmm. might get changed up. Um, mm -hmm. But that's that beautiful spot. And now I have a new will and I do it out of the strength of God's will working in me, not out of the strength of sort of self-will or willpower. Um, so instead of willpower, I'm trying surrender mm -hmm. so that I can receive his will. Good. I like that. That's great. So I, I wonder as we're sort of coming to, you know, sort of the time our finish, I, I wonder if, Peter, the the very thing that you said to that person that some time ago you were talking to, mm, where yeah. you actually gave them permission to no longer to use yeah. should, to no longer, yeah. uh, whether that's something that you feel like you could release and you could actually declare to people yeah. today um that you're actually giving them permission to no yeah. longer be bound by those words to to actually be released Ooh. you know no matter where they came no matter what what it was put into place yeah no yeah, matter what was part. established that's good um, yeah. was actually to 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 bring freedom to people today that if they're listening to this yeah yep. yep. right now or you're hearing it in the mm. future that they're going to hear from you peter because mm. you had the grace and anointing to do it at that particular point in time. You picked yeah. up the revelation of this. So I yeah. think that you could impart that. Do you think so? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I love the synergy of this because as you start to pray, I feel that grace come on me to do this. And let me, I'm going to yeah. speak a truth to those that are, if, if someone has a heart to receive right now, just prepare to receive. But some of you are wondering whether you could receive this and there's a fear in you to receive this. And for those that have that fear, I speak to you, Galatians 5, 16. Paul says this, I say then, walk in the spirit and you shall not fulfill the lusts of the flesh. 
walk in the spirit and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Reality is the law and the shoulds of the law are required for those that don't have a relationship with the spirit. It's only those that have a relationship with the spirit that can be led by the impulses of Holy Spirit to know which way to turn and to allow him to work in us to will and to do according to his good pleasure. But I say to you, if you're afraid of should being removed, I speak to you that you can have relationship with God that Mm. that will cause Mm. you to walk in the spirit. And Mm -hmm. I promise you, Mm -hmm. as Paul promised you, that as you walk in the spirit, you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. And so, Father, now in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, with the authority that you've given me, I release permission to be free from should. And I Mm -hmm. release now the Mm -hmm. bondage from Mm -hmm. bondage, the wills Mm -hmm. of God's people. I actually see the Mm -hmm. wills of God's people being released from the bondage that um, Mm -hmm. that teaching apart from relationship Mm -hmm. or beyond relationship has produced. And I release Mm -hmm. to you freedom from the should Mm -hmm. and freedom to run to your father, freedom to run to your father, freedom to run to your father. And for those that want to activate what it is that I'm talking about, um, I would commission you to no longer tolerate the word should in your vocabulary. Mm -hmm. Or Mm -hmm. I would at least commission you to always question it and to question the thought processes that deal with should and Mm -hmm. to no longer, you are free to not use should in your thinking. You are free to not use should in your speaking and you are free to Mm -hmm. seek God and allow him to change your desires. That's right. In Jesus' name. Yeah. 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 Amen. Receive that. Amen. 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 That was good. Very, very Excellent. good. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yep. Love it. And um, we know God's moving in some powerful mm-hmm. ways. Mm-hmm. And um, mm-hmm. freedom's coming to the body, and we see it That's happening it. in a lot of different forms. And um, I'll just share, like I like I shared, the the freedom that comes to the body will will change the world Mm, right mm -hmm. like the world will follow as the church gets whole and free um Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so starts with us yep it's exciting so good all right yeah bless you guys okay bless you thank you